In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I am your host, Bob Christman. I have with me three people in the studio, and I have with me three. Austin. What, what? What? There's random threes coming at me. <laughs> I, I have with me Austin the Inquisitor. Hello, hello. And I have with me Gary the Stud. I'm just here part time. He's here part time. <laughs> did you get unionized over there? What happened? Yes, I did. Okay. We want better wages. So we're we, yeah. Well, there's no wages, and I don't even get paid either. So I don't know how that's happening. Well, that, 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 Go to our GoFundMe page and provide money for us, and maybe we'll get paid. No, no, no. You see, my you union rep, my union rep got me money, so. I well, I don't know where your union rep was. So. <laughs> yeah, apparently not the same place my union rep works. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tonight we really don't have a lot to talk about. We're actually going to talk about what's come out of New York Toy Fair as far as stuff that's it's all Star Wars related. And then we're going to talk about the Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7 preview. Uh, we watched the first episode, so we actually watched it. It's come out. We've watched it. Uh, then after the break, we're going to hit up the Mandalorian Season 4 episode uh, and talk about that particular episode as well. So we're going to kind of hit you with a double dose of Star Wars tonight because why not? We watched double as much Star Wars tonight as we did before. Okay, so let's talk about what came out at New York's Toy Fair. And Gary said he's not all that interested, so you might not hear from much from him right now. Uh, Gary, you not, are you interested in anything here or nothing at all? I haven't seen nothing that's... Uh... Jumping out at you, huh? No. Okay. So, com basically put out their little article about things that they're going to reveal at Toy Fair this year. Uh, I, I'm actually going to... I'm going to be honest here, and, and I'm really kind of on Disney's case about this. Their, their ability to market The Mandalorian right now sucks. 
And I'm just being honest about well, that. They're they're pulling exactly what happened with the episode four toys is they didn't market them prior to the movie, well, and now that's playing. I don't think it's just up. that though. But even what they're marketing after the fact is still not to it's, me up to par to what no. they should be able to do. Okay. I don't get it. I, I understand them not doing anything with the asset. Correct. Uh, so far, they couldn't and, reveal it, right? As far as showing anything, right? right? But nine times out of ten, everything's made in China, Korea, Taiwan, right? There ain't going to be any spoilers from them, from the factory. So produce them, right? Then, like, when, then when they reveal them in the show, bam! Right, hit the like, shelves with it, right? right. Like. And that's the part I don't understand. Like, there's that part of it. And then there's even, like, even since we've revealed, how have you not been on top of, like, okay, now we can produce it, and you're still months out, and you still have not produced any? I don't get it. I, I, there's something I'm missing here. Well, maybe they're trying to produce them in the States to avoid having to pay the no tariffs. No. I, don't, I don't think that's it at all. The I, I'll, I'll tell you why, why. It's because with all toys that, are, that come out, yeah. You don't know what's going to actually be big. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So why why are they... So produce small first to see what's going to hit. Right. I get it. Yeah. But, you know, well, and the other thing that might have an effect here, and I was just thinking about it, was the coronavirus. Believe it or not, that's yeah, actually that, that... got a toll on other products. I'm wondering if that's playing a role here. And it might be. I, I know in Toy Fair, something that they've talked about a little bit is the effects on... China and Japan and other countries. They, they, they did. Uh, Apple did uh, release a statement saying that your new phones will not be coming anytime soon. Right, they'll be delayed because they had to shut the factories down over there in China. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through this. It's kind of real quick. There's 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 quite a bit of stuff here. First off, uh, Hasbro's decided they're going to release what's an animatronic version of the child who's got a Mandalorian necklace on. I find that kind of interesting. Yeah, I think it's. He got that at the end of the series somewhere. I Did he really get it? I don't yeah, remember. Him I think it was necklace. given to. I guess maybe he it gave did. it to the yeah he gave it to the kid or one of the other people and they put it on the kid's neck. Yeah. Anyway, all I'm thinking is it's one of those weird like the puppy toys that were in the female section, the kid like the girl section. Yeah. That just act. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really it, that's what this is. Coos and it acts and it makes you feel all good and warm yeah. and fuzzy on the inside. Now, now if you just sit there and just leave. I, I, I would buy him. If he just what? <laughs> if he just sits there and goes... Just oh, wait, just, just waves? Just waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think every girl would buy that, actually. You know, just make you feel good and wave at I you. I think that toy is not really dedicated to the dudes. It's dedicated to the dudettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. So Advanced Graphics is going to review, so, reveal a whole bunch of standees again. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's what, when I saw that, I'm like, wow, that's a thing? Like, we're making Ooh. that a big deal? Like, that didn't seem like a big deal to me. Okay, fine, great, cool. grand, wonderful. Play this cards. one. <laughs> We're gonna push forth the Aquarius deck of playing cards featuring characters of Mandalorian. Just made your game of Goldfish a whole lot cuter. Really, really. That's what we're pushing forward. Playing cards, playing cards, people. For Goldfish. For Goldfish, yeah. Or maybe something else if you're that big. No, I get that you're trying to market to kids, but come on, you have other options here. You were marketing to really low kids. <laughs> Here's the Biddy Boomer. Now, if you don't know what Biddy Boomers are, I actually think they're kind of cute. They're little uh, Bluetooth speakers you can clip on your backpack and stuff like that. It has the ears, and I feel like the ears move. It looks like there's hands. Uh, yeah, it looks like the ears might move maybe to the music or something. That might be kind of cute. 
but you know, coming in the spring. Now, the I, one that I'm actually go no, ahead. Gary. No, no, I I would take that thing and make the eyes uh, glow red or green. <laughs> okay, red, green. yeah, that would be kind of that would be kind of interesting. D- d- depending on what song you play, if you play heavy metal, it's all red. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had it flash different colors. <laughs> playing, it's all red. Playing some blues music, he's all in blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm it, feeling it, blue. If if you play Luke's theme song, it's green. Yeah. If you play the Imperial March, it's red. If you and play it's flashing red to the beat, so there's yeah. one if, eye with the other one. If you play, it's not easy being green. He just turns yellow all over, you know. <laughs> no, he, he eats a eats a frog. Eats a frog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing down on the list. This is the only thing I've actually so far that I've been like, you know what? I want to go get one. Is Build a Bear is doing their own version, and that's my favorite. Is you actually pulled off the moment of I'm here for the child. Right. Yeah. That's what I want. You went yeah. to Build a Bear during February. We. Uh, I did. I went well over the Valentine, break, over yeah. Valentine's break, and I said I'm here for the child. Where's the child? And, they and just the ladies like, we're not even releasing it until like the spring or summer. I don't know why you're here. And I told her I said I'll be back, and next time I'll have my helmet. And she's like, Oh God. <laughs> and I wasn't joking because I was 3D printing a helmet at the time. So I'll be back with a helmet. I'm seriously yeah. considering that I- many mandos are going to avoid. I would have looked at you and said, uh, John Connor will not be here in springtime either. So, Do you have John Connor? <laughs> and the next thing down is a t-shirt by Fifth Son, and it definitely looks like it's the t-shirt that's going to go with this season of The Clone Wars, which just got released today. It's got a couple of the helmets from the one that we watched tonight, the episode yeah. we watched tonight. You have the Ahsoka helmet, which is going to be the 501st. Yeah, well, there's, yeah. The there's, series. Yeah, but I, I thought it was interesting. They've got a new Mando-style bucket there. That's, it looks that's, like maybe a Darth Maul-style version. Yeah, that's version. the Darth Maul version, too. And helmets. there's a Sith Acolyte helmet that's on just, there, which I oh. thought was kind of interesting. I was trying to figure out that one. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what those reveal. And, of course, I think the top rates Bo-Katan. Yes, it is. Painted up more accurate to her being in leadership role. Then Funko is going to release their own t-shirts coming soon of, of the cute child. You guys starting to see like a theme here? A cute pattern, child, cute child, cute child. Hasbro is going to release their line from the Star Wars Mission Fleet. Uh, the Battle for the Bounty Hunter set from the Mandalorian. And of course the there's a figure set for uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars as well. And then there's an animatronic the, version of the child. That's, that's the same one. It's just showing a I different photo. Yeah, different photo from the top. Interesting that Hasbro's going to release a life-size, according to them, dark saber that, that they're going to use. Uh, and that's what I was thinking, too. Considering the kid that's holding it and the size of the child that's holding it. It looks like that's, that's just... It looks a little short. I was going to say, it looks like they're in middle school. Maybe I wonder elementary. if this one would ha- hold up to... Uh, you know, full scale lightsaber combat. combat like we do. Black. I would say about two hits in and it's done. Uh, it wouldn't last. Hasbro is also releasing the Imperial Troop Transport, which you, which is a re-release of the original from yeah, way back in the seventies. It's probably gonna be a little more like the one out of the Mando TV show. It is. The that's the, the reason why they're re-releasing it. I just like to see the Troop yeah. Transport again, and quite honestly, I might buy this one just to put it next to the old one. They're gonna do Operation and Trouble. With the asset as part of the, the, the thing going on there. Remove chicken nuggie from throat. <laughs> Boy. And we're supposed to see an Ahsoka Tano and clone troopers in a Hasbro line of figures that are supposed to have special action and all that. Oh, it's a gla- galaxy action figure. Galaxy action figure. And then the other thing that kind of sort of interests me is Lego is going to release a Falcon Crest. Raising Razor's Crest. <laughs> Whoops, Falcon Crest. You know, I've been doing that a lot lately. I don't know why. You're merging Millennium Falcon with Razor's Crest? No, well, no. Falcon Crest was a TV show when Gary and I were younger. 
I don't know why I, I keep I just doing thought that. you were doing a fusion no, between. No, no. no. Yeah, yeah, Millennium Falcon and Razor's. Maybe that's why I am doing it. Yeah. The Razor's yeah. Quest. So the Razor's, <laughs> the Razor's Crest is going to have not just the Razor Crest, which you build, obviously, with it, what looks like a ramp and all sorts of no, cool that's, stuff. No, that's for helping to build it. That green, the yellow thing is helping to lock like, bricks in. Really? Yes. That's a thing now? Yes. Oh. You want to know where it's used on? Lego Masters? It's used a few places, too. I believe it's supposed to be IG-11. It looks like IG-11. Well, no, they look more like a battle droid to me. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it looks like a battle droid with an IG-11. It's supposed to have the character that, uh, what's this place, plays from um, Rocky... uh, Creed. Apollo. Yeah, Apollo Anton Creed. Uh, it has the Mandalorian itself. It, it, that'd be grief, whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah, uh, it has the asset, which that's got to be crap the, that is small. That's got to be the smallest Lego character I've ever seen in my life. That and is, I thought it was interesting. They provide you the scout. They trooper. give you the scout trooper that beats the crud out of the asset, just so <laughs> no, you can do that. No, in he real does. Life. He does not beat the crap out of the asset. He beats the crap out of the bag. Okay, which the asset is in. There's a big difference, though. One thing is that uh, the asset's gonna be a choking hazard. Two, where's Cara Doom? We don't. I don't know. To... She's not cool enough to be in this package yet. Come on. And then the last, well, the last couple things they show, they show a lounge fly. Well, it looks like a backpack, but I'm assuming it's a girl's purse that's eventually gonna be a, a mini backpack, as they call them. Uh, a love your melon hat for little babies, so you can be like, oh, you're so cute. Uh, Mattel's got to release their version of the mini child with a beanbag base. It actually does kind of look cute. It kind of looks cute. like your Vader and other one over here. And then probably the creepiest one of the whole bunch. <laughs> the, the, the main thing that Austin and Bob both want. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the that's number one save, part of the Save it up for it. Can't wait for October. That's right. <laughs> this weird, creepy <laughs> Halloween costume. First off, if it is a true Halloween costume, the asset now has four eyes instead of two. <laughs> Just pointing that out, because you got the two human eyes plus the eyes of the well, actual you, asset. You can't put the mask over the face because it can't see. So. Yeah. And then yeah. you're, you're blocking the view of the cos- person wearing and, the costume, and it's a trip hazard. And it, first off, if this is two size, that is the biggest bone broth <laughs> bowl I've ever seen in my life. Like, he could literally just take the whole bowl and go <laughs> inside the bowl, right? I mean, like, that's what it looks like. I, <laughs> you know that, Bob, because that's what you do. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> no, it's set of the table. Where's my money? Where's my money? I'd be waterboarding as a little asset. You know. Show me where the Jedi are. <laughs> okay, I have to go back in. I don't know where they are. <laughs> And then the bottom thing is there's going to be 2020 training cards for the Mandalorian. Of course, that's going to be a big deal. And Ashley Eckstein's going to be signing some autographs and stuff at Toy Fair. I, what I can't believe is, like I said, again, just looking through all this stuff. You sense a theme. Well, there is a theme. But I also <laughs> got to be honest here. It's ch- it's a chintzy theme. Like, I'm I'm still disappointed. Oh, look at the adorable little thing. It's not that it's a, the adorable factor. It's the fact that we're not getting collectibles. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm all about the toys. Don't get me wrong. And I get this toy fair, and that's the whole point. But toy fair's always been a pretty good balance between toys and collectibles. Right now, I'm just seeing toys. That's all I see. What I really want to see happen Where's is... Where's the collectibles? You have behind me the, uh, the Kaitobashi uh, statue of the first set. Yeah, whatever. Of the first set of armor. Can you give me that? I don't know how to pronounce the name. Kotobakuya. Kotobakuya. Okay. I want to see them do the Beskar armor version. Okay, I'll it, give you that. And have that. And it, we don't know. Kotobakuya might have the 
ability, they don't necessarily go to a convention like this. What I'm talking about is Hasbro and their Black yeah. Series. Where's the Black Series and where's... You get what I'm saying? Like, there is a lot of potential. A bit of characters they already they have, have, but they could release more. I, I, they have potential. Again, they have the first armor out for the Mandalorian, one that released the Beskar set right. armor. Right. So you can have them buy the collectible. Uh, what, what, what are you talking about? The Black Series? Yeah, the Black Series. Yeah, the, the Black best, Series. They, they do have that one. They have the best. Oh, okay. I, oh, really? really? They have both? Because it's flat. The last I knew it was only the original brown armor. It's it, uh, a Target exclusive. Oh, that's that. Okay, ah. that's what the Target exclusive was. Is the I, I believe so, flat yes. out silver one. Okay. Yeah. See, I haven't seen it yet, and I haven't seen it either. So I I've been looking at it on Amazon. They're like eighty bucks a piece if you want to go buy it. Night. Trying to convince your mom to get that, but yeah, <laughs> that's what they've released. I, I I that's so far too, and that's all we know. And who knows what's going to happen the rest of the weekend and what they might come out with after that fact. But you're like you were expecting more coming in. I was, I was. Were you maybe expecting possibly maybe Nerf might do this a Nerf version of the Mandalorian blaster and long rifle? Uh, maybe I, I, I don't think, know. There was just other things. I think that's that screaming to, to be a a weapon. So moving on, let's talk about the first episode of season seven of the Clone Wars. That's right. We're preemptively doing this ahead of time. Uh, the title of this episode is The Bad Batch. I'm just going to read the little thing here on IMDb, just so it's not too spoilery. By the way, if you haven't watched the episode, please, for goodness sake, go get Disney Plus and watch the episode first, and then come back and listen to us, because spoilers ahead. That's yep. all I can say. Yep. From now until our break, and Lord knows what we're going to say, and yeah, that's your last spoiler warning. You have been warned. Okay, so here's what IMDb has as their rundown. Rex, Cody, and Clone Force 99, an unorthodox elite squad, also known as the Bad Batch, look to recover the Republic's tr- strategy algorithm from Admiral Trench, but a haunting truth awaits. So, overall, I thought it was interesting that, like, the basic premise behind this is that Trench is back again. For the third time. For Is it the third or fourth? It's, I, the, it's, it's the third, because in the, the first... Third. In the episode entitled Cat and Mouse, he was destroyed on his frigate. Okay. Prior to that, he was considered dead, too, so he could count four, actually. He was destroyed again during the episodes of... The Nulls. I remember when they came back, he came back, too. No, the episodes where the the chips were discovered. The episodes in season six. The Nulls. That's what you're talking about. Okay. Yes. And now he's back now. Right. So... Trench just seems to keep uh, licking and keep on ticking. I guess he's like that spider that just never dies. Like, you beat it with a shoe and somehow it just walks out from under spider. the shoe. I he, he keeps uh, He's Spider-Man in just a new form. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Spider-Man, he's Man-Spider. Okay? <laughs> no, no, no. He's the Iron Spider. He's the Iron Spider, yes. There you go. I like that. This is true. He is robotic now. He is robotic now. <laughs> you were pointing out, like, he's got robotic things that don't make sense, my son's yelling about. Like, like the front... He has the two things in the front that I don't understand what they're for. They're, they're spider things. And then Have you has, seen close-ups of spiders? Yes, I know. Um... I know they're meant for something, I just don't know they're why. Their, they're their feelers. That's what they feel around with. So why does he have a robotic one? Because <laughs> he needs to feel. He walks around. He's, oh. I'm trying to put logic into Star Wars. This is better. Thank you. And, and, and that's, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> right. And that's, that's you know, we're talking about the same universe that the, you know, TIE bombers could drop bombs on asteroids. Just pointing that out. Were they bombs or were they proton shot? Because it looks like they're blue flying down. Okay, fine. I'll go one step further. Later on in The Last Jedi, they dropped bombs on a spaceship. But they were magnetic bombs. Whatever. <laughs> Good night. Okay, so. Be stumped. <laughs> Clone Force 99. Definitely an unorthodox group of guys. Did you guys like this group of guys? Yes. 
um, Wrecker is it is the one that just brings sheer humor to everything. It's it's absolutely his point is he's anime tip anime tough guy plus humor. See, I don't think he's meant to be humorous. I think he's actually meant to be taken seriously, but somehow he seems humorous because we're taking him so seriously. It's kind of hard not to. There's certain things he does, like, where he, like, runs up and puts the thing on top of the battle droid, and then next battle droid's like, look, this one likes you, and is, like, trying to talk the droid to talk to you. Okay. There's little things that, like, it's kind of uh, fun humor, and then it's also poking fun. Gary, I know you liked that particular character, Wrecker. What did, what about Wrecker did you like? Uh, Wrecker? Yeah. Uh, he's a tough guy, right? Yeah. Just because he is the tough guy, makes fun of everybody, but at the same time, he is supposed to be serious, and uh, everybody else is rolling their eyes at him, and we, watching the thing, is laughing at it, mainly because of the reaction from the rest of the guys. A little bit. I, I want to say he reminds me of Zeb a little bit. Just a little bit. No. No? What do you guys think about this clone group? Like, where How did? Where do you think Bad Batch came from? Like, what Well, what do you think their backstory might be? Okay, Rambo uh, got teleported into the uh, Star Wars universe. He is um, the one of the whole group that I feel like doesn't fit in. Uh, Deadshot was transformed transformed into the Star Wars universe. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I see that. You have Tony Stark. Not really. You say somewhere along the lines of uh, Tony Stark and Spider-Man merged into one. I say Tony Stark because he seems like one of those tech, techie, geeky His brain kids. is basically a supercomputer, so you could, yeah. you, could, you could equivalent him to Cyborg. Maybe. And Tony Stark merged together. I like them. They're not bad. I don't feel like Hunter doesn't fit in. I feel like he's more of... Uh, Matthew Broderick from War Games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see what you're saying about Techie. Yeah, he's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then Wrecker's just... But, just a big bruiser, that's all. Yeah. It Almost re- a Hulkish type. Yeah. yeah it rem- the group kind of reminds me of Republic Commando's Delta Squad. But it's a little more... Deformed and mutated more. No, it's more unorthodox. It's more unorthodox and taken to an extreme. Your dead shot is Sev, or rather, Sev is your death shot. I think this is your rejects of the rejects. So I think this is like um, no, I, I don't clone think, defectiveness. No, because because if you're gonna be if you're gonna go that way, then you're gonna do the uh, hunchback. True, I guess you're right there. Yeah, this is probably the best of the rejects. Yeah. I, I don't think more like, Okay. So well, defe- well, well, like, the best like, of the defectives. Like Austin's saying is it's the Delta Squad of the... Clone oh, Lord. the Nulls? Yeah, the Nulls. Okay. So. so it's the Delta Squad of the Nulls. I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Is there any character in there that you think's not going to make it to the end of the season in, in Bad Company? My guess is going to be a sniper. Mm. That's what I was thinking, too. I actually think it's going to be Tech. As much as I like the guy, I feel like he's going to be too focused on trying to hack something, and he's going to get blown away. I'm saying the sniper because uh, he's the one that's doing his job, right? And doing it properly, right? Where, where the rest of them are just running in, guns blazing. Yeah, and that's what's going to save him. Where a big droid is going to take him out, take the sniper out. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Like he seems to be the only one following suit with his character, or the others just seem to. You know, break character quite a bit, which I think is the whole point of the episode. Is 
they're so predictable to the droids that they're able to predict their every move, and then you bring this unit in that, that is absolutely that breaks all those rules. Yeah. I mean, breaks every rule left and right, and the only person not breaking those rules, and that's why I bring it up, is the sniper, because he seems to be the only one actually sniping and doing his job. And that's where I kind of sit here and I say, I wonder if he's the one that's not going to make it to the end of the season. How do you think this plays out with the clones, this this bad batch? Because obviously right now they don't seem to be getting along there's all anim- that well. There's animosity. Do you think that stays or do you think they, like, by the end they're a brotherhood, kind of um, like the other guys were? I think this group's going to kind of go off and do other things, kind of like... Uh, Delta Force did all these operative missions and such, and were off to the side. They're really not in the main force, but they do things that the Republic can't get to, or things like that. You, you, you didn't answer. You didn't listen to I, the question. I, I answered. The, I listened to the question. I think that they're just going to kind of move yeah. on. They're no, gonna they're 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 going to get a nice camaraderie, especially when one of them goes down, and the uh, real clones are going to be sympathetic to, to them for that. So that's what's going to make them become buddy-buddies. I was going to say, either one of two things is going to happen. Either I think one of the bad companies is going to get killed, or maybe one of the regular clones that right. they work with, like Cody, might bite the dust. It can't, and it can't be Cody. can't be Cody, because he survives all the way through. That's right, because he's in episode three. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah so it's and it be. can't be Rex, because he's at the end of Clone Wars. The, the, the guy threw a uh, raisin sun on his head. I was wondering if that might be the next one that could potentially go. But I'm wondering if somebody on one side or even both sides dies in a mission and, and um, Echo. Oh, you think Echo might be the one? Yeah, that might be. He well, might be the bonding force between all of them. We've heard that because they took they took uh, Cody out of it out of the situation already. Right. And Rex is the one that's already emotional. Emotional because he thinks that Echo's alive and all that. So therefore, I think things gonna be Echo mm. is gonna get. That kind of makes sense to me. Have so, Echo come back only die. Do you guys? How do you think Ahsoka is going to start coming into this? Do you think she's going to come in and kind of adopt the Bad Batch as her group? Because we know she's going to grab a unit somewhere along the way here. Um, do you think Bad Batch is the group that she ends up adopting? She doesn't grab that group. She grabs a division out of the 501st to go do the Siege of Mandalore. Okay. That is what was mentioned by Rex and Rebels. So it's not the Bad Batch because it's not the 501st. Okay. I'm thinking that Yoda... Tells her to take part of the file first and, and, and as, her own, as her own. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. So, Anakin and Windu play a small role in this episode. Was it weird to see those two characters again after everything else we've seen in the Star Wars universe? Because I don't know about you guys, but watching the beginning and reminding myself, oh, that's right, how the clone, that's how yeah, the clone works. Yeah, the starts. theme song got you first. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is how it goes. I mean, it's been a couple of years. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, that's the tough thing about coming in with this this season seven. Just out of nowhere is it, we're kind of out of sync, I guess mm. is the best way of putting it, of watching Clone Wars episodes. We're just not used to seeing this stuff, you know? Was, I, did that off-put either mm, one of you? Not really. Um... Some of the new things, like the graphics, instead of it being like we transitioned to shot to shot, being yeah. kind of transparency kind of thing, was interesting. I did like that for the intro. I don't. There was one thing that caught my eye, and I don't know if you guys caught it. Is there's no clone armor on the Jedi anymore? There's no shoulder pads or wrist yeah, gauntlets. Okay, the only time they wear that is when they actually go into the battle. Right, and they weren't in battle for this particular episode. Just pointing that yeah, out. Yeah, but it looks like that that's what's going on from now on because we had that transition from it. 
early on, like season two or three, mm-hmm. where we switched it, and then we're switching it again to. It sounds weird, but I think Anakin's hair was a little off-putting. Yeah, it looked a little I, too plastic. It's like puffy, you know, like I'm like eighties uh, hair. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Anakin's hair looking like that. Am I crazy? Like, and uh, I know I haven't watched the ending of Clone Wars for a while, but um, it it kind of looked like that. I've been I'm in season four, so relative. Okay, it did, doesn't look like exactly like that, but it looks a little bit. Did he always have the dimple on his chin? I was thinking about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The 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 drawing style seems slightly different. Like they almost got different artists to draw. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the style's yeah. a little different. You can see it. The only person that looked exactly the same was Mace Windu. He had that chiseled jawline that he yeah. always had. But some of the other characters, even Rex, I thought looked drawn slightly different. I feel like the proportions of like the neck and such, like it's yeah, they look skinnier. Am yeah. I wrong? No, I think what? you're. I think you're right on, on like, that one. Everything that went... <laughs> yeah, and I think everything before is very, like, cubic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this time around, it seemed, like, very rounded edges. And, and, and the, we're going a little more... And the more coloring even seemed shaded a lot more than it normally was. So it's... Yeah, it's a bit... It's, it's, it's because of the years of time and training. And well, and I'm change. sure training's gotten better. Computers have gotten better. I'm and, thinking along the lines of... People moved on from the company. No, I'm sure. But I'm just saying... People are not coming back because Definitely you can on. see a stylized difference between the two. Well, then when when the Clone Wars ended originally, didn't they fire everybody? Uh, yeah, actually, they closed the whole studio, the art yeah. studio that it was being developed by, and Filoni laid off his entire staff except for I think two people. But that's because they were working on uh, Rebels when it, when it came along. So he picked up uh, a diff- completely different art group, but to go over and do Rebels. So that yeah, that's that's basically what happened. So, what do you guys think of this episode? And I guess we'll, we'll jump to our, our usual, you know, rating system where tens of, you know, gotta see it and zeros don't bother. Anybody want to take this one first? I'll go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. A great start to season seven. It's a little bit off-putting with some of the things changed from six to seven, but it isn't too over the top there that it's crazy, but that right. it's enough that you can kind of, okay, we're back in Clone Wars, here's what's going on, and... Of course, you have Tom King come back in and do the announcements like we did. That's a great way to bring us back. Okay. And I love it. Okay. Very much included. What would you rate this one? I'm giving it a seven. Okay. The things I liked about it was uh, Bad Company. Mm. We needed to have uh, a group of clones that weren't very serious, but were serious. Yeah, I get what you're saying. The newsreel beginning, I'm glad they kept that. I missed that with uh, Rebels. Yeah, I agree with you there. The, the little arc there with Echo and all that, mm-hmm. because if I remember correctly, they didn't really show him die. Right. We saw his helmet hit the ground and smoke coming out of it, but we don't see his actual death. Right. We don't no. see a body. And what have I always said? No, no body, body, no, no death. death. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that has become the motto. I feel like it's a mantra. I'm going to make you a t-shirt sometime that says, no body, no death. <laughs> Make it the back of the Galaxy Cast shirt. <laughs> and and, and j- just remember, if I d- ever go to court for murdering someone, I'll wear that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, it's interesting. Gary said seven and you said eight because I was actually going to rate it as six. I was, and maybe this is because I had high expectations coming into this one. I really did. I was expecting a big deal. I mean, and part of that is because I went to Celebration Chicago. They made this out to be like the biggest things from sliced bread. It was going to be just as cool as The Mandalorian, and i got to be honest, coming into it, I was kind of like, meh. 
You know, it's not awful. It wasn't the worst episode I've ever seen in Clone Wars ever. That definitely not the desert episode for crying out loud. Yeah, the droids. Yeah, see, that's the thing you got to start reminding yourself is there are some pretty bad, some pretty terrible episodes in the Clone Wars series. This didn't right there, but I am like looking at it going, okay, I kind of feel like we're starting with the B team and not the A team. Which I'm wondering if they'll bring the A-team in later, maybe on the Siege of Mandalore or whatever. Well, maybe they can't have the A-team because they moved out. But you get the whole yeah. like premise that it's... I don't know. It got a little boring. Now, the one thing I will say is a positive for this episode, and this is why I'm not giving it a five. There were no Jedi as far as fighting in this episode. I actually kind of appreciated that. I, I hope we see that as much during this one. I know Ahsoka's going to come along at some point. But really, the Clone Wars should have, to me, have always been about the clones. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the series, and you've been rewatching it, I've been thinking about it as you've been rewatching it, it's not about the clones. It's... it's about the Jedi more than it's about the clones. And that's where I kind of feel like the series got lost it in Jedi. its translation and became more about the Jedi and the Sith then it became about the clones and the role that the clones play in the actual Clone Wars itself. In the early seasons, I could see that. In the later seasons, it kind of becomes a mix of them. No, that you get, no but, I disagree. I you, really you, think they focus more on the Jedi than anything else. Just about every episode of the Clone Wars had the Jedis fighting. Yep. Some sort of yeah. something, something, something huge, and they they right. played the major role, not necessarily the clones. Um, and I wanted the clones to be the center of the arc. That to me, that's what I wanted. What, to see. what I would like to see is clone platoons getting taken out by Dooku. Yeah. Or Grievous. Yeah. You know, just to show how powerful they are right. against a group of clones per se. So. Okay, so those are our thoughts on Season 7, Episode 1 of The Clone Wars. We'd love to hear from you, so head on over to our Facebook page or find us on Twitter. Go to YouTube. Find us on Spotify, wherever. Or email us, galaxycast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about this episode, because I know there's people out there chomping at the bit to know what we thought, so we just gave you our thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. So please uh, contact us and let us know what you thought of this episode. We're going to return in just a little bit to talk about the latest episode for us, I know not for you necessarily, of The Mandalorian. We're going to talk about Season 1, Episode 4, titled Sanctuary, which we'll be back to talk about in just a moment. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. This holiday season, give the gift of Netflix and enjoy streaming shows like Stranger Things, The Crown, and Making a Murderer. And in 2019, we'll have even more programming to choose from because we've gone crazy. That's right. We're spending billions of dollars in making every show in the world. Our goal is the endless scroll. By the time you reach the bottom of our menu, there's new shows at the top, and thus the singularity will be achieved. How are we doing it? Simple. We buy everything. Here's a look at one of our actual pitch meetings. So, this show is about a girl named Ginny. Yes, here's money. Go, make it, make We're even buying stuff from ourselves. We love Claire Foy as Queen Elizabeth so much, we're sending her back to high school. I'm in over my crown. It's Saved by the Crown. We've got so many shows. Even we haven't seen them all, like Kenny Meet Depot. It's been on for three seasons, and only one woman watches it. Hello, I'm Ruth. 
and I love Kenny Mead Depot. Thanks, Ruth. And hey, we still got movies, thousands of them, 12 of which you want to watch. We even made all the fake movies from Entourage. Medellin and Queens Boulevard. And we've got reboots. Like our dark take on Sabrina? Then you'll love our gritty Family Matters reboot. Officer Winslow. Oh, Lara, my pet. I love you. Get the f out of my house. Why did I do that? But don't worry, we also got that comedy. Like comedians in cars getting coffee. Or Leslie Jones in a van getting batteries. Let's go get some deer sales. Oh, man, I think I hit that dude on the bike. It'll take 12 human lifetimes to watch all of our content. So start watching now. At the law firm of DeLeo and Furex, we understand that sometimes life throws you a curveball. We help our blue chip clients get their lives back after circumstances have conspired against them. Just listen. It was an unfortunate accident what happened to my wife on that precarious cliff. Delayo and Fjords can't bring my wife back, but they made sure I didn't end up in the slammer. I was unfortunate enough to be found with 15 kilos in my spare tire. I was so mad at the auto repair shop that sold me that tire. Thanks to DeLeo and Furax, the district attorney saw it that way too. I, I accidentally torched a Quickie Mart when my medication ran out. <laughs> DeLeo and Furax helped me and the community by ensuring a healthy settlement from the pharmaceutical company. At DeLeo and Furax, we understand the judicial system and will ensure the truth is heard, no matter how improbable. We're not cheap, but what price can you put on truth? Call the Leo and Furex today at 866-974-2333. That's 866-9-SHADY. DeLeo and Furex. Accidents happen, and we'll prove it. Rebo's got the beat, and the band plays on. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Introducing Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Job of the Hut Action Playset sold separately. Play it again, Size. Starring Size Noodles, Goofy McCool on clarinet, Max Rebo on organ. Rebo. <laughs> Dance, Goofy. It's your last solo, Snoodles. Whoa. Use Size Noodles in the Rebo Band. Job of the Hut Action Playset sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Okay, and we're back to talk about The Mandalorian. One of our favorite shows ever, right? 
season four, or sorry, season one. Season, I'm already going to season four in a minute. You just jumping that far ahead. That's absolute. Season one, episode four, titled Sanctuary. I like to call this episode Star Trek meets Star Wars. No, I would say more of uh, Magnificent Seven meets Star Wars. And Gary, what do you think? Uh, Mag Seven meets Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica. I can see your Battlestar Galactica reference. I mean, it definitely has the Mag Seven. What is it? The Seven Samurai, right? Is the original version of that, right? Yeah. Where they train the farmers to take on the bad guys outside of town. By the way, if you haven't seen this, holy spoiler alert, we already ruined it for you, so you should have seen it by now. It happened in Clone Wars, too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. It happened in Clone Wars. It's actually happened in Star Wars. It's happened in all sorts of things. Uh, I say it feels like a Star Trek episode because if you look at a lot of the Star Trek episodes, they'll land on a planet, they'll figure out a way to embolden the people of the planet and then by the time they leave the people on the planet are able to take care of themselves and that's like every Star Trek episode ever especially with Kirk well no actually I was going to say Next Generation and you haven't gotten there yet because he's binge watching all the Star Trek episodes I give my son some credit he's trying to watch all the Star Trek episodes I'm not even trying uh, timeline order I'm just watching no he's just watching them in release order which is fine you can do all sorts of things you want but he's actually watching release order and you're still chugging along in, yeah. in the regular Slight Star Trek. confusion with one. So, 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 so let me ask you this. You're mm-hmm. watching the original series. Yes. You going to watch the movies? That's the plan. That's the he plan, wants yes. to watch the, the original series, then the movies, <laughs> then <laughs> Generation, <laughs> Next Generation. Good, good luck with most of the picture. Um, yeah, right, getting through the whole thing. Then, uh... There's better acting in a cardboard box, people. You gotta invite that one guy over for, for him to watch the most picture. Oh, you mean uh, David? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, supposedly he knows everything that could yeah. ever be known about that movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, my God, um, it's really... And then, then you're going to go to the next generation... Next generation's next in the mm-hmm. release order. Yeah. Well, you got to watch the, the the first four at least, or five of the movies. Of the movies. Yeah. Before you watch next generation. Next generation. The, yeah. The original. Because yeah. that's the way you're doing it. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I was right. gonna. No, you said you're fine. You're you, fine. you said you're, you're, you're doing it the way it came out. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yes, then you're gonna do the next generation. You're gonna do next generation. I think it's the first three seasons. Then undiscovered country. Yeah. And then. Two seasons, and then... Deep Space Nine. No, you have to watch Generations first. The movie Generations. I don't think so. I think these, I think there's a season of D- DS9 in there. Okay. All right. The movie comes in before that, yeah. And good luck with that one. You don't like Deep Space Nine? No. Really? <laughs> I didn't like it until the Dominion War. Okay, I'll agree with you on that one. I was going to say the first two or three seasons were slow, but then the Dominion War picked it up at the, towards the end. So, oh, okay. <laughs> it's funny that you and I agree about that, and we've never really talked about it. Uh, I again, I didn't realize how many episodes of Star Trek there are. Oh, oh you have no idea. I told you once you dipped your <laughs> well, little toe know, in this pool, it was going to be. I've been a... getting the episodes have been hooking me, so mm-hmm. I am willing to chuck it out. It's just there's some confusion, and I've expressed it to you, and I know Gary can probably explain it. Some episodes, Kirk's wearing a green shirt with a tie around the bone, and there's a snap over here on the side with the Kirk, the Star Trek symbol. <laughs> And that, then the other episode, he's, he's wearing that gold there to shirt. Be continuity in Star Trek. Okay, the, the, the green shirt. Yeah, that's just casual. That's his casual shirt, yes. even though he's wearing it on a patrol on a planet. Yes. Okay. I said that. I thought you said something about him being an admiral versus a captain. Well, I said later on it becomes the admiral and captain difference, but oh. that it's also his casual versus his dress-up uniform. Okay. Oh. Apparently, you know more than me, Gary. So. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so back to the Mandalorian. 
So this particular episode, basically just, and I love their little wrap-up here, Mandalorian teams up with an ex-soldier to protect a village from raiders. That's it. We're good. Okay. We wrapped it up. He meets Cara Dune. Basically was what happens here in and, this episode. And there's Chopper in that picture. Is there a chopper what? in that picture? Yeah, okay. There's well, it kind of looks like at the top of his head, you're right, the picture that they provide on IMDb. It, it, it looks like she's talking. Uh, right to Chopper. Talking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Chopper, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I just like the fact that we finally got to see Cara Dune in this episode. You know, I, I was waiting for her to come along, and I was like, okay, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? So we, we have our beginning where the villagers get scared off by these guys that come in and invade. Looking something, like orcs. Yeah, something that <laughs> sounds like a dinosaur from the distance is, you know, scaring them. And, and firing they're getting attacked by what looked like the Orokai. Um, <laughs> that was the only thing that I got to say. When they had options for things they could have done as raiders, right? Okay, people that are coming in to take stuff away. Why did they choose that look? Why didn't they choose, like, a Clatoonian? Or why not choose... you got all these species in Star Wars that you could have picked. I couldn't... I, I, I think they're supposed to be in the weak ways or whatever. Are they supposed to be weak ways? But they don't look weak ways. No, yeah, I was going to say, is it the weak ways are the people that work so, with Hondo, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hondo Anaka himself is not a weak way, I okay. believe. I just was... And, Remember. If that's what they were going for, somebody did a really piss poor job on the makeup. Yeah, because because um, at one point they look like they're dogmen. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like dogmen or, or like I said, Urukai. Well, yeah, that, 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 that's what I said originally. Yeah, the Lord of the Ring guys are. It, it's really hard not to look at that and say, "Wow," I, you know. And so, so to me, it kind of made it feel like a mixture of Star Wars and Lord of the Rings mixed together. I was waiting for somebody to walk through the ring and trying to take it to Mordor or something. And Mordor is that way. It's, Let's go. And Eric talks all the, talked all the time about like things that take you out of the Star Wars universe, right? Yeah. That was, that was a moment that kind of took me out of the Star Wars universe a little bit. Not the fishing for the shrimp and all that. that I actually was okay with that. There's there still going to be people doing that, even in the Star Wars universe. But the guys attacking, for some reason, just did, it felt awkward and out of, out of place. Then we have our, our scene on the ship that has been memed to death <laughs> with the asset turning on and turning off a switch, looking right at him, flipping it off while he's looking right at him. No, Probably one of the cutest scenes, i got to be honest, yeah. with the asset. And it's the total parent, I told you no and you didn't. See, and that's exactly it. Everybody can connect with that scene in some way, shape, or form, whether you're a parent and you had a kid that did it, or you're the kid that did it to the parent, and which, laughing. by the way, I've been both now, okay, in my <laughs> lifetime. The, the, the only thing that would have made it a little better is when he was looking straight at him. Yeah. He gives him the bird, right? <laughs> and then flicks the, the, the thing on. No. Actually, what I thought would have been funny is when he goes to, like, so he reaches for him, he flips it off, right? And and he flips it back on, it looks right at him. When he goes to reach over to flip it off again, he should have un, unscrewed the little uh, ball, right? And been, like, chewing on that while he's like, no, you can't do that. No, Stop it. I would have had stick his tongue out while he flipped the switch. <laughs> well, I'll say this, too, and this is the other thing about it. it you don't have to be a parent of a kid. Because be, animals do that. If you have a, a pet dog, cat, oh, right? Joy? Rabbit, they'll do it, too. They'll look right at you and do what they're not supposed to it was great. I, I it was like was Dave Filoni suddenly got into the typical mind of the everyday person and figured out a scene that was like, hey, yeah. here's what everybody goes through. You can make that connection with it. I just thought it was a great scene. It really was. You're welcome, Bob. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Take about. Sorry, Take Dave. Sorry. Uh, so then we have the Mandalorian telling him to stay. Stay here. Stay. 
don't touch anything, stay. And everybody's going, you know he's not going to stay. And he goes to lower the, the, the gate, and there well, he is. The asset's the, right there, ready to walk with him. The first right. time we watched it, Dad's like, three, two, two one, one, and asset. there he is. Right. And I mean, like, it was, like, predictable. But that's actually, I like that about it, too. It's what made it funny. I thought watching the asset walk was kind of hysterical, actually. I was waiting for the trip. Well, I did want him to trip a little bit. But, I mean, like, look at the little feet he had to be, like, as fast well, as he could, and he could barely what, what, keep up. When I said he trips on the stump there, I was I was talking more about the mando. Oh, like, the mando uh, tripping yes. on the stump? Yeah. See, I wanted to see the asset trip. I don't know why, but I just did. It would have been hilarious, because then you had the mando go, Well, um, I, I wanted him to trip and be like, <laughs> you know, like a little kid. You know, like your typical kid that would yeah. fall on. No, no, no. Ha- have the mando trip and have him laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come over and look at it. Or, or just have just have the the asset going, you know, <laughs> like just look plain, you know. Just walk so, over and like tilt the head. So they go to the the local bar and and they walk in. Of course, we see a loath cat, which looks uh, weird. As much as I wanted to say, okay, that was a cool moment, it just didn't feel cool. I don't know. I, don't, I can't explain it. I know they were just trying to make the rebels reference, but I. It was a little bit of a stretch. For it me, it feels like the Loath Cat just doesn't fit. It's you have this just, you have this whole set which is very very dark browns and stuff like that, and you have the Loath Cat which is white and gray. If I remember, it wasn't necessarily the color. The shape of its body was very circular compared to the rest of the set being kind of. Wow, well, that's what they were though. Right? No, but 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 it's like gigantic size. Yeah, that's was, what I was about to say. And, and that's what took me away from that. Right. It His like head it was, was huge. Like, that's the part I was like, what? You know, like... Like they were trying to morph it into a... If they'd drawn it just a little bit smaller, more like a cat size as opposed to a wolf size, I guess, Yeah, I might have I might have been like, okay, that's and, a wolf. And that would have been another thing, too, you know, the, the cat eats the asset. Right, right. And then the asset just crawls, crawls itself away out of it, you know? It would have yeah. been more funny if it's choking him from the inside out as he walks... <laughs> Yeah, and start, starts doing a hairball. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they they get to the table. I thought it was funny because Austin put it out, and I caught it the first time. They they sit him up at the table, and there's like a baby seat. I I, 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 I Gary pointed that out. It's yeah, it was just kind of like it. Uh, a booster seat. It seems pretty awkward that it would just be there, right? Like, I mean, who would be bringing an asset yay big into a bar? Knowingly, I don't know. It just felt like, like how does anybody? It would know have been that more funny if he came over and there was like a, a top of a chair sitting in a corner. I almost wanted him. to put him on a chair and he couldn't even see over the table like every kid. You know, <laughs> so you like, like have just the eye sitting. Yeah, like, like just an ear, like sticking up from the table. Like, so we order bone broth. You notice Cara Dune. He asks about her. He pays off the bartender to watch the kid. He goes out to find Cara Dune. He does the. The little flippy thing with the visor, which turns- totally annoyed my wife, because she's like, wait a minute, if he can track like this. So he tracks the footsteps by turning a thing on in his helmet. She's like, why didn't he do that all the time? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know what to say I, to people about that. I'm I, like, I, you're I, right. I, I don't could, know why he doesn't I could do it all the time. Um, more, tra- more foot tracks would be muddled. You wouldn't be able to track one person. Uh, but, every creature leaves off some foot tracks. But she's wearing boots. Okay. How, how does it transfer heat to the ground? Right? That's what I'm saying. But the Predators movies always had me wondering about that, too. Like, every once in a while, they turn their heat signature on, and they can see the tracks of the person just walk by. That doesn't make any sense at all. Anybody who knows anything about tracking knows you don't leave heat behind when you're walking. But, you know, whatever. We're just, we're, just, we're, just pulling out, we're just pulling out something from Sam Fisher. I'm also saying that I'm trying to be logical in the Star Wars universe. Wrong. right? It is, impl- is logical to be illogical. So, 
Cara Dune and the Mandalorian decide to reenact MMA. <laughs> Duke and it out. Duke it out. Great. They have quite the little battle. What I did find interesting was when she hit him, you never heard the metal tink sound. Right? Because he's wearing Beskar. Yeah. Why are we not hearing tunk, tink, tank? You know what I mean? Like, we're not hearing that at all. Because it was a fist. I get that. If it was a baton or a piece of wood, no, you'd, you'd hear it. And it, her hand's soft, so you'd be hearing it. It would be a I don't know. Have you met Cara Dune? <laughs> I no, mean, I haven't. I don't think she'd have a soft I, fist, I, if you get I, what I'm I, saying. I've not met Cara Dune. Yeah, okay, Cara Dune. The actress, uh, what's her face there? <laughs> See, now you're going to make me look it up. Yes, I just am. To, just to bring my point home. <laughs> Gina Carano. Gina Carano, thank you. <laughs> Stay tuned. Trust me, <laughs> she she would would she'd make some sound. Now, what I literally like this scene is a fist mark in the in the Beskar. Right, like that would have been hysterical. Actually, can you really make a fist mark in Beskar? No. Well, no, she but probably could. I'm saying she could. <laughs> and and it's his brand new Beskar. Could you yeah. imagine if she made a fist mark in his brand new Beskar that he's got to live oh, with? Oh, I think he would be more mad and just. Oh, I think that would be the best part of the whole thing. All right, but so part of the... And he goes back to the armor. I ain't fixing that. Right? <laughs> and then my favorite part of the whole thing is the kid, the asset comes out, and he just stands there watching him fight, drinking his bone so, broth. Somewhere along the way, he got out there, because they get to the point where after a yeah. flamethrower has been launched... Two guns are pointed at each other. Pointing, it was a long just, fight. It was a long fight, and it took him a little while to get out there. <laughs> yeah, you know he's, he's got little teeny little legs, you know. Yeah, he can only move so fast. He's got little legs, and on top yeah. of that, he's taking a separate three steps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you don't just. I mean, yeah, you got to eat your bone broth while you're doing it. One does not just slurp <laughs> bone broth. No, you put your head in and go. <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> so, so great scene. We find out that. That the Caradine character is, she was a shock trooper, right? Yes. She yep. left the Empire because she was done, no. done doing their no. bidding. She was a, a, a rebel. Oh, she a rebel? Okay. So she, she was dropped in trooper. after Endor right. to okay. certain places, and because those ATSTs wiped out. That's right. Platoons. Right. So, she decided to leave the rebellion. I guess. Why well, retirement? I would leave the rebellion too if I was a shock trooper and got wiped out. Right by a whole unit. No. Got showed up by a, a plant full of teddy bears. Right. Right. <laughs> I would have left it too. I would have too. So, long story short, Mandalorian and her agree that somebody's got to leave. She was there first, so he's got to go. And then she just walks away, and he goes. Guess the plan's uh, been taken. Yeah, so they, they he brings the asset back to the ship. They're getting ready to take off, and these farmers come along, and they beg him for help. No, they ask him They ask him a question. How to get to Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was interesting, you know, he kept telling them. <laughs> they never, if you never noticed, they never told him how much money they raised. <laughs> he kept just saying, he goes, not enough, not enough. Not well, he looked at the coin bag. That's a very small coin bag. <laughs> well, I, I just, he's just saying, not enough, you know. Could have been Beskar. Right, for all we know, it could have been, been Beskar coins. He, he never knew, he would never know. Right. It could have been ingots, like, like he, what he got. Right. But we, again, he was just saying, well, we, not we, enough. We see what's in it later because he throws it down and a couple coins slide Not out. enough. <laughs> so, anyway. No, it wasn't enough because he had to leave. So, he ends up getting convinced well how did they convince him to do it I well forget. he's been looking for shelter that's off that's the right radar. it's off in the middle of nowhere so that's how he gets convinced that they're in the middle of nowhere and he figures that's probably the best place to leave the asset because that'll kind of 
leave him in the middle of nowhere. Nobody will know he's there, and hopefully he'll be safe that way. And then he doesn't have to so, worry about anyone besides himself. Right, so they decide to uh, take the deal. He goes convince Cara Dune to join him um, using the coin pieces he gets. She decides to do it because, you know, what else has she got to do? And they start going out to the village, and they bring the asset and all of their materials with them, which apparently is boxes and boxes and boxes of just guns. weapons, you know, cause that's because that's, it's a religion. It's religion, you know. <laughs> so they bring the boxes of guns out there, and they make it there in the morning. And Gary, Gary, I, you know, Gary made a valid point about like they show up and everybody's like, "Yay, they're there!" And Gary's like, "Oh, well, they're just welcome," you know. Like there didn't seem to be any question about who they are and what they're there to do. I guess maybe because the one guy's in Mandalorian armor, I get it, but well, I like think nobody was, questioned who the asset was and why he was said there. That they went out, the two farmers before he. When he said, no, I'm not helping you, and they're about to leave, he says, we're in the middle of nowhere, it took us a day to get here, and we're going back with no protection. So, obviously, they saw the ship fly in, which we saw earlier in the episode, assuming that maybe somebody was there that could help them find protection, and they came back with nothing, that's no protection. Right. So, they become the bell of the ball, because now the protection's here, uh, the asset's there, and he looks too damn cute, and, and then basically just... And all the little kids in the town. And he can control their frog population, so it's all good. <laughs> and so they decide to train the farmers to fight back because well, no, they realize that they they're first... not going to be able to fight this thing because as they get into deciding or finding out what they're after, they just suck over that that's, that's when they discover there's an ATST involved here. Yep. And so they decide that their best bet is to have, teach the farmers to fight somehow distract the town, draw in the ATST, get it into their pond, and then destroy it that way. And so that's the plan. Mm-hmm. And they start training the people, and then he and Kara decide to go on this little night raid to grab their attention. Uh, but, the but you're forgetting an important thing. What's that? There's only one villager that knows how to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's We're true. The one girl that, of course, is attracted to the Mandalorian. Why is it that the girls that can shoot guns get all the best guys? I don't get this. Uh, <laughs> same religion. Oh, there you go. True. Same religion. You're right. So, so the one chick who is all into fighting is the one that the Mandalorian is kind of sort of attracted to and vice versa. Uh, and then there's all this questioning about the helmet. And this led to... Uh, a literal controversy. A literal controversy between the 501st, Mando Mercs, and everyone under the sun about... Removing helmets and whether it's allowed and blah blah and blah, blah yelling blah, at cosplayers that they take their helmet off for any situation. So I'm, I'm just gonna put this out there, just to kind of put that whole controversy to rest and kill it. What his clan decides to do and how they handle their helmets is completely different than every other clan and every other unit and the way they handle them. So it's, it's not really in, that simple. It's not in Mandalorian code. That no. says that you can't remove the helmet unless you no. retire your outfit. That's the code of his clan. So the clan set up their own codes to... Correct. ...on top of it. Yeah. Kind Think of. about the Mandalorian mercs. The clans have their own little things they do that the rest of the mercs don't. Like, the Falco clan's all about explodies, explodies. Boomy boomies. Right. And big boomies. And that's who we are. And that's what our clan does. That's completely it. different than, say, Nost clan that maybe isn't in the explodies like we are. <laughs> So it's different for every clan. They have they choose their own thing. Uh, you know that's why the whole this is the way thing mm-hmm. is the way. This is the way. They're a clan. Whatever they do, that's the way. So, okay. uh, and that's so how I put that to bed. Now, I, everybody else can interpret it however they want. That's the way I put it to bed anyway. Yep. So, 
long story short, they help the farmers. They lure in the ATSD with a pretty cool little fight scene in the village there. Uh, what do you guys think was in the containers <laughs> when they walked into the tent? What, what was in those? Romulan ale. You think it was Romulan ale? <laughs> Gary, what do you think was in those containers? I don't, at first, I thought it might have been like carbonate or something. I was thinking the same thing at first, but then it was a liquid, and then the one guy, like... wasn't frozen. Right, it wasn't frozen. And the one guy was all, like, he drowned in it, practically. But they were drinking it so, earlier outside. There was all the guys outside drinking it. Were they it. drinking it? Are you yes, sure they were drinking it? Yes, it was blue liquid. Or, but like, are you sure it was drinking that stuff? Right. Like, I think you're assuming because it's blue and the stuff inside the blue is the same thing. I, I'm thinking it was fuel of some sort. I was either thinking that or, like, an acid for something. I was thinking it would be, like, pre-made uh, blue milk alcohol. No. No. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what it was. What's that? Whale blubber. What? Whale Blubber. <laughs> oh, from the space whales. Yes. What was I thinking? Yes. Yeah. You burn you burn it for oil. I, that yeah. makes sense to me. You burn it as incense to scare off the flies. No, no. They're 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 processing a whale blubber. Yeah. For oil. For, for hyperspace yeah. use. Yeah. And then that solves all the fuel problems, and that's why in the future there's no fuel problems anymore. Right. See, we we figured out Star Wars. And, and, we and solved the solution. And, and a big black cigar with a little ball floating underneath it shows up and looking for him. So let me ask you a question. The thing that he attaches to the pole, the little red thing, mm -hmm. isn't that the same puck that he gets every time he gets a bounty? No. No, it's a it's the thing he used when he mounted on the wall to blow open the wall in the last episode. But you get what I'm saying? They kind of look alike, don't they? Mm, the pucks are get a double round. So instead of it being just top and the small one, there's a secondary top one on the top. I understand what you're saying, Bob. Okay. They're, they're two different types of things. Okay. One's I get what you're saying. I'm also saying they look a little bit alike, and that's yeah. why I got confused about when he threw it on there. It's kind of like, is it a bomb, or is he just getting a bounty? Like well, I, it, it had to have a bomb because it was going tick, 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 tick. Yeah, tick, I get tick, that. Tick. Well, it was going bloop, bloop, bloop. Same difference. But you yeah. saw there was like little red lights on the inside. Yeah, and, and then they were slowly going out, and I knew that it was kind of like counting down. So they blow up the tent, the ATSD. I thought it was a great like yeah. imagery that just out of nowhere it rises out of. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that, that was that a nice, great nice scene. Horror, horror scene. Yeah, like kind it was a great horror. Absolutely, reference. like. And the and the red lighting and the eyes perfect. That was whoever decided to do that. Is it a natural thing that can be done for the ATST? Or I've never seen it happen on an ATST before, but I just thought it was cool having the red light. It's just a dumb light inside. Yeah, but I also think it was done for to create fear. Well, if you look at it too, it had like the rising sun coming up off the nose of it. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was painted up to look like a terrible monster. Yeah. So it starts chasing them through the forest. Of course, they're telling the farmers to get ready, and they get there. And of course, the the ATSD, like every other story I've ever seen, it gets right to the edge of the embankment, the embankment, and then it stops. So they got to figure yeah, out how to get it over. It just turns into a scene out of any Civil War or Revolutionary War. Hold the line! Hold the line! Kind of, you know. <laughs> they they fight off the invaders, the weakways, or whatever they are. And while this whole battle is going on, and of course the ATSD is pummeling the town pretty bad, blowing things up, blowing up right. pots. Just well, the one thing I liked about it was a nice spotlight that came in. Yeah, that actually was kind of cool. That's just a searchlight. It's nothing. In, in, no, but I mean, no. like, think about it. It's an ATSD. Why wouldn't it have a searchlight to try to search? What was with you know at night? Were you guys I, I, noticing it that the sides kept pushing in and out? Yeah, there's, there's a. If you looked at it, there's actually like a missile platform on them. Yeah. Is it what? A missile platform. Is it one the, the circular thing on the one side? Yeah, there okay. was a missile platform on the one side and a gun on the other. 
Right. And so it was coming out with the light was the missile platform. I don't think they had missiles on it, to be honest with no. you. No, the, or they missile, shot the light was coming out the bottom where the two guns at the yeah, bottom the, are. The, not underneath the chin. Oh, is the light yeah. coming from the, under the chin? Wait, yeah. wait, okay. wait, which is what I want to do uh, for my next mandal is put a big spotlight underneath my chin. Awesome. That'll be great. That's <laughs> <laughs> tooth. Is that to your... Uh, God, and he'll come to me and be like, you need to make this happen. I'll be like, damn it. No, you know I will. So... Attach it to your, like, your, um, neck seal. So no, it'll be on my chin. So whenever I turn it, it you know... Right at the bottom of the T-visor. <laughs> yeah. So... Have fun mounting that. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, long story short... As long as it's, like, 900,000 lumens. They tried to convince the ship, the, the ATST to... Get into the swamp and it doesn't and it doesn't. Kara grabs the what do they what do they call his gun? Pulse, pulse rifle. Pulse rifle. Thank you. They they grab the pulse All rifle. millions. And she shoots into the cockpit a couple times. Finally co- coaxes it and it steps into the swamp and falls over. And and falls and over. And Mando that's just it, runs up and goes. Yep. Throws a puck puck in there. It blows <laughs> says, the whole thing up. Happy New Year's. <laughs> what I find interesting about those those particular ATSTs though is they're they're completely and and we had this problem in Jedi too. They're completely impervious on the outside. Amazing armor, right? But the minute you get inside, if you put a little puck in there of explosive, it just like blows the whole thing up from the inside out. Well, it's an open fuel reserve back there to yeah, make the right, legs move. It. Yeah. It'd be the same way if a tank. <laughs> if you could get, get, throw a puck inside the tank, it's going to blow up. Yeah, well, okay. To charge can, I, can I point something out about a tank, though? If you throw a grenade inside of a tank, it kills all the guys on the inside. It doesn't blow the tank up from the inside out. Unlike what every movie tells you, or you see it, it kills the guys, yes. The the thickness of the armor is the same on the outside that it is on the inside. So it's not like suddenly the tank is weak because you threw it on the inside. You get what I'm saying? But if you throw a puck inside of a tank, it'll blow that tank up. Yeah, one of those little puck things will blow the tank up. Yes. Oh, God, you're all telling me. Because <laughs> it's not a hand grenade. Yeah, it's I get a, it. It's not a stick grenade either. Yeah, I get it. It's a thermal detonator. Yeah. Big go on, go on, go on. <laughs> it, it's a treated nuclear bomb. <laughs> going on. Good lord. <laughs> so going on, the ATSD blows up, the Platoonians run off, and the well the We Queens, whatever they were. And the Gundabar orcs. And they win the day. And then we get to the end of the episode. And I gotta admit, by this point I thought, oh, we're just kinda wrapping everything up and they're gonna take off and everything's good. But he was gonna leave the kid behind and tells the villagers that basically he wants them to take care of the kid. He doesn't think he can take care of the kid and run his bounties and do his job as a Mandalorian. It's just not something and, he can and do. And keep on the run from the <laughs> Stay on the run from whoever's after the, the asset. Uh, and then we have the random guy show up who... He looks like a pike. Uh, I don't want to say he's a pike. I want to actually say he's one of those... Uh, what's the... Oh, well, the Imperial spy guy. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? We don't. I don't think there's a race spy for that spy. <laughs> right, but whatever that is, I think that's what it is. I think he's one of those. Yes, yeah, well, he had that little thing, yeah. the snout coming but down. The eyes look more like the pike. I, well, I think uh, he had a round, like a helmet on that, uh, that rounded that out. He was a med- medieval doctor. <laughs> Maybe I have come to cure you of the plague. So we hear a shot come from the woods, and we I I made the assumption the first time that well, we see the sniper scope scoping in on, on the, the yeah. Asset. So everybody assumes it's it's the asset getting. Because we don't we don't see a hit. I got to admit, I was kind of like. Did 
they just do that? Like, like did they, they just, just kill, kill the acid on TV? I mean, part of me was kind of like awesome. Like, I almost was like Gary going, "Yes!" Like, when you're being a major character in episode you know, four. You, yes, you know if that happened. Did you really? Were you like that, Gary, when you saw it the first time? You would know if I was the director, the writer of this thing, because he would have died. Yes, he yeah. would have died. His head would have been blown up. Everything. Yeah, there had been blue green splooge all over those kids. <laughs> And a, and, a frog, and a frog would have been skipping away because it would have been in his yep. mouth, yeah. Yep. Uh, I can totally see you doing that, too. <laughs> then, then, then I'd zoom in on the frog, and the frog would have a cigar in his mouth. I love it when a plane comes in. <laughs> so he's just that guy from the A-Team. So <laughs> the blast, we find out, is not the sniper. It's Cara Dune who shot the sniper in the back. Why, why is his whole back smoking? Wouldn't one section of it be? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You don't know how powerful that gun was. Maybe she put a puck on the end of the gun. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smart Alec. So what what happened was he, he had a big oxygen tank or something on the back yes, and that's yeah. what he shot. She, she shot, shot him in the oxygen tank by mistake yeah. and that blew the whole thing up. Yeah. So But you know, interestingly enough, they find one of the trackers on this guy and the of course fobs. The Mandalorian kills it and they decide he better take the asset with him. Well, it's more so like he can't leave him behind. He can't leave him behind because now everybody knows he's there. Somebody's tracked him there. Uh, and it also tells the Mandalorian that he's now Bind. being hunted. The, the, the asset's the being tracked. Still being hunted. Yeah. And, and Banjo, starts singing a song. Yeah, there you go. Wanted dead or alive. Wanted dead or alive. And then basically at that point they take off and that's pretty much the end of the episode. So, uh, we'll again go through our rating system here. Zeros don't bother, tens and must see. Anybody want to go first on this one? I'll go. Go ahead, Gary. I give it a five. Oh, okay. Had enough to entertain me, and had enough that made me bored. Okay. Huh? I was going to give this one a six. It's on the lower end for me, too, for the same kind of the same reasons. For this one, as much as it felt like a Star Trek episode, that's what took me out of it. It didn't feel like Star Wars. It felt like somebody was trying to tell me a Seven Samurai story within Star Wars yet again. And I was kind of like, okay, we've done this. We've hashed this one out before. It's been done before. It got actually predictable. Once we got to that point where we went through the montage of training all the people, and at first they couldn't do anything, and then they were getting better, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, we know exactly what's going to happen here. They're going to win the day. They're going to have trained the farm people. You know, the ending was kind of a nice ending, the surprise of whether we killed the asset or not. The beginning with the asset, a little bit cute. I liked it. It wasn't, a, you know, but it, to me, you actually technically could have skipped this episode and it wouldn't have affected your viewing of the entire arc at Except all. for one thing, which is the ending of he's, the kid's still being tracked. I think you would have figured that out in the next episode. You would have picked it up. The only thing I gave, the reason why I gave it a five? Yeah. It's because of Cara doing. I'll agree with you there. To see more she was the only thing yes. that made this episode I want, I, I want to see more yeah. of her. Yeah, I kind of want her to just join the Mandalorian and just stay yes. with him. I wish she'd just become part of a crew that yeah. he was with. It would be nice. He he did, offered it to the Ugnut. Why didn't he offer to her? I don't know. I don't get it. It would be you know, something he, that would be providing work. It's it, using her skills. It would be awesome if he made his own seven. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Speaking of yep. seven, that's my rating on this episode. Okay. Which is weird because we went six or five, six, seven. So, I don't know. Uh, I liked it a lot for a lot of the things that were... In the episode, the way it was done, some of the cinematic shots were just beautiful. Okay. The episode was great. There were some things that were a little withdrawing. Uh, I get that we're talking about the show because of the uh, the asset. I feel like focusing on just selling the cuteness of the asset is a little 
cliche. We keep selling okay. to that. It's the only way you're getting, I get it, the female audience because it's, that's oh, cute, you know it. But we need to move out of using it just for that. Try to bring it to being doing stuff. And I know, yeah, it's a Jedi too because we've established it has force powers. <coughs> I want to see it use more force powers. Maybe it could have lifted the ATAT or the ATSC, sorry, well, and helped hold it in place or pull it into the swamp. At, at this point in the, of the show, you don't know he has the force. Just because right. he's, he's a Yoda. Right. Well, he lifted Species. the mudhorn, didn't he? Well, he did lift the rhino creature, yes. But we don't know what, you know. I go back to he's not a Jedi yet. No Jedi yet. Okay, fair. But uh, but I get what you're saying. He's a Force user. But I don't think that he... I, I think staying away from using it in every episode is a good, <coughs> good idea. Because using it as a cop-out, I think, will actually... It will be treated kind of like a sonic screwdriver yep. thing. Yes. Yeah. Or he becomes a Mace Windu where he's, like, invincible and yeah. he can never die. And I don't want that to happen either. Uh, I, I still go along the lines of, I'm kind of like Gary, I guess. I'm, maybe you've been, I've been around you too much, Gary, but I almost want to see him die randomly. And I know that's, like, evil. And they I know, won't do that. I know there are people out there going, I hate you for thinking that. I'm like, but that's Star Wars. To me, that's Star Wars. Something that's very they'll random like they'll that. They'll never do that because that's killing a kid on TV, and that's not Disney. This, is, this isn't TV. This is Disney+. Plus. It doesn't matter. It's different. It's Disney, though. You're right. Okay, so those were our thoughts on the fourth episode of The Mandalorian from Season 1. We'd love to hear from you. So head on over to our website, facebook.com, uh, Twitter, find the Galaxy Cast there. Uh, you could also write to us at our uh, Gmail account, galaxycast.gmail.com, or find us on YouTube and put some comments there. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you. And as we always like to say here in the Star Production Studios, May, may the Force be with those who listen. That is the way. Did you not kill it? Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You've failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.